0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's returning guest. So today's guest played at the University of Windsor and he's been a member of Team Canada Beach for several years and he is the most recent provincial champion out there in BC and he's also coaching with New Wave, a club that I just can't get enough of on social media. Please welcome back to the show from episode 149, Gabe Berlaku. Gabe, thanks for doing this man.
1: Hey, no worries Josh, thanks for having me back.
0: So, the, since the last time you and I spoke, uh, you've been up to a lot. But one of the cool things I saw was uh, King of the Court. So, obviously, you've represented Canada. You've been to, you know, Youth Worlds. You've been in Norsica, You've been on the World Tour. But just tell me about that event. How does those King of the Courts just feel like a different event than some of the World Tour stuff you've done?
1: Wow. Yeah, King of the Court was was such such a good experience. Um, definitely a interesting format because you're pretty much playing against. Five teams at once. Um, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's quick. It's fast paced. It's very styled out focused. Um, very uh, very important to to serve tough. And um, so the 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 format itself was was really cool. It has this like interesting vibe that you don't really get on the world tour or at least I found you didn't get on the world tour when 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 we're competing on tour it's like it's all business it's all serious but you play these events um like the king of the court events and there's just you're so much more relaxed and there's so it's so much it's, it's a lot more fun you actually get to enjoy uh playing beach volleyball and it's a lot more personable with all the other teams and the players there so that was that was something that I really enjoyed about it.
0: Nice. And, and just remind me and the listeners how you became a part of that. I understand friend of the show, Grant O'Gorman, might deserve the assist on this one, right?
1: A oh, huge, huge assist by Grant O. Um, pretty much what happened was I believe Grant was supposed to go uh, with Ben. And something came up and they weren't able to go. And Logan and I had been, you know, training a lot and playing and, and, and training with Grant. And so Grant kind of suggested that. Uh, they asked Logan and I, um, or for us to reach out to King of the Court, um, and so we did. And they ultimately said that we're in, um, kind of based on based on Grant's Grant's word. So definitely a big assist for him on, on that end.
0: And how did you prepare for an event like that? Just like training change just a little bit, because like you said, it's playing against five teams versus playing like one, like were you able to get a squad together and kind of like mimic the, the pace and the speed of what King of the Court is?
1: Yeah. So we did two things. Um, obviously Seymour is our coach. Um, and, and we brought him with us and, and he had an absolute blast, but we, we did two different things at training. We actually, we actually got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people out to have four other teams besides us um at practice to like imitate the round of five the round of four uh the round of three just to to get used to what like constantly siding out um and then that practice when sumo was around you know we we we'd have a full practice and near the end of near the end of it when we were doing when we would be doing gameplay it would it would pretty much be like speed play we're talking like, the points over, you're running, you're sprinting, you're getting your ball, you're like ready to serve. So it's like less than five seconds, less than four seconds in between rallies um, just to really keep the heart rate up, to, you know, build up that lactic acid in the legs and to get them to get moving when your legs are feeling, you know, super tired and super heavy. So uh, those are two two of the things that we adapted and and, and kind of try it out uh, to prepare for King of the Court.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. So to jump ahead to this season, just on the BC circuit, uh, you pick up a new partner in Lars. So what were some of the conversations with uh, just the BC community and kind of finding a new partner for this season?
1: Yeah, well, when uh, Logan and I decided not to uh, not to play together this, this season, I think it was the best for both of us. I had pretty much had to think, you know, which which player do I think has a lot of potential and, and which player do I get along with really well? And immediately one of the first names that came to my mind was, was Lars. Um, he's just a really good friend of mine. He's a really good human being, which means a lot to me because I can spend a lot of time with him. Um, and obviously in this situation, he's just such a good volleyball player with a lot of upside, like super athletic, very ambidextrous, like more so than Fido, if you remember.
0: And to me, like, Um, he's, he's like the name that comes to mind as far as like most ambidextrous guys I've seen in Canada.
1: Yeah, Lars might be like more. It's pretty awesome. Um, And so I, I, you know, I just, I told him, hey, you know, I'm, I think really highly of you as a volleyball player. I'm, I'm not super interested in, in kind of partner hopping, um, which is something that sometimes happens at kids. I said look I'm listening. I'm I'm interested in training with you and and to you know develop a connection on the court let me know if if you're interested we can train we can compete in you know not all tournaments together but most of the tournaments and especially the big ones and um he was really excited and and interested in, in the idea and here we are it's it's been working out very well for us and we're we're having a lot of success um, Lars actually just got married um, in June and so we had a bunch, of the, a bunch of tournaments actually in April and in May but we weren't able to play too many of them just because he was really busy with his new job and getting ready for the wedding but um, once once that, that part of his life pretty much settled down we, were, we started uh, training two three times a week at least competing in most tournaments together and that's been going pretty well so Uh, really excited for for us and what we have moving forward and hopefully next year we'll be able to you know achieve achieve some more stuff together
0: yeah for sure so in that bc scene like when when are you training Uh, who are you training with like how are you guys finding the the balance of working full time but still like training like you're you're still you know taking this seriously and being a professional about it you know what I mean
1: yeah um, especially in the summer, so so I'll just give you guys like kind of the the summer breakdown. So June, July, August, typically uh, because I coach um, New Wave full time, we are pretty much training from uh, July and August. Especially we train eight thirty to twelve thirty. So we we train typically from like six thirty a.m. to eight thirty a.m. and everybody else like kind of goes to work afterwards. Um, so like Lars goes back to you know his office after we practice in the morning. Um for me it's it's pretty easy because I have a new wave right after. So 6 30 to 8 30, and then you know, around 8 25 or whatever, all the boys start rolling into practice. So all my nets are set up, all the courts are set up for for the boys, so it's an easy transition. And training partners sometimes is is difficult to find, but the it's 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 interesting here in kids because you know, everyone loves the Vancouver open, right? Everyone, you know, that's the essentially, that's the granddaddy of volleyball, beach volleyball in Canada, in my opinion. It's like Vancouver open is the most important beach volleyball tournament, more so than nationals, more so than any provincial championship. And before the Vancouver open, everyone's interested. Everyone wants to train, everyone wants to perform and be at their peak at the van open. As Soon as the van open is done, that's when we get into a little bit of trouble because people aren't training as much people aren't as committed to to practicing, but we still got a phenomenal crew. Um, you know, Jared Krause is here. Zach Johnson's here. Logan's here. Uh, Joel Cachetto is here. Uh, Matt Donovan is, is a phenomenal player. And one of the top players that kits, and he also is my, uh, one of my head coaches, um, at new wave. So, We've got a pretty solid uh, pretty solid crew of, of people that are interested in training in the mornings and then um, obviously you've got your like after after work crew. I'm not really in there because I'm often coaching in the afternoons but uh, there's a lot of people that are also playing after after their work day.
0: Nice and I'm glad you brought up the man open because I have it in my notes here and Man, you're, you're never a guy to complain about the draw, but what a tournament you guys had. Like, you get to play Schalk and Field, you get to play Shaq Deering. So, those are the finalists. Uh, you have a great match against another BC team in Rod and Orman. Uh, You beat uh, one of my guys, Kemp and Pierce Johnson, there in three. So, uh, even though you may have exited a little bit uh, early, kind of with uh, the mercy of the draw there, what was your experience like at Van Open? Because I, I totally agree with you, it is the best event in Canada by far, and you got to play the the best teams there.
1: Yeah, the Vancouver Open was a phenomenal tournament. Um, super sour to not be able to compete on the Sunday at the very least, and especially, you know, not being in the finals. As soon as you got, you kind of get a taste of what it's like to to play in, in front of that crowd and to be a part of that finals, then, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to play two finals in a row. Um, not being there definitely stings but it's a very good you know motivational factor for for me to keep training uh but gosh no it was it was was awesome it was awesome this year lars and i played very good volleyball um i would say we we played some of our best volleyball actually of the year Um, and we had two two super close matches with the two teams that were in the finals and i guarantee you if you were to chat with them they would say that it was it was a really good game and we we were unfortunate not to at least win you know you know win at least one set from from each of those uh we were up we were up three breaks against Troy and Kane in pool play um late in the game i think it was uh, 18-15 and then against Sam and Dan in the pre-quarters we were also up three breaks we were up 17-14 um and then obviously sam made some phenomenal plays and and dan got a got a big block actually to to tie the game up and you know those those games were those those games were really good and it's just nice to see that we can still hang with you know these really talented teams obviously both teams making it to the finals and putting on one of the best finals that the Vancouver Open has seen in in quite some time so um, always looking for for ways to better this tournament so
0: Nice. And and believe me, I'm not trying to get you to speak for him, but uh, Lars, you know, a guy who had a great Canada West career, a good youth sports career, like he got on and played pro indoor. Uh, do you think he got the itch for Beach knowing that he's been across the net from Kane Schalk and Sam Schachter that he knows he can hang at that level? Or like you said, he's married, he's got a full-time job, and and he'll keep, uh, you know, tearing up the BC scene, but we're not going to see you guys internationally anytime soon.
1: I think he has the itch to keep, you know, to keep playing. He's he's such a, like I said, he's the crazy crazy athlete like not just at volleyball but to know that he was able to elevate his game like literally to the next level when we played these guys i think it 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 really fired him up and you know as much as it motivates me to keep training it's gonna you know motivate it it it, it has motivated him to continue to train and and see where we get and uh see where we can go whether we play international volleyball or not i think I think the only uh, I think the only international volleyball that I, you know Lars and I would be interested in would be some king of the court events if if that opportunity uh, ever came around. but you know with with his situation and, and even my situation, um, I don't think that we have you know the time to put into training um, to, you know to, to start going back into the qualifying scene on the world tour. And to try and chase some main draws, I don't, I don't think that that's quite on the table. Um, but I, I wouldn't rule it out 100%, but it's it's just very, very unlikely that it's, it's something we chase other than, you know, king of the court. I think there's a lot of interest from both of us in, in potentially doing that if the opportunity presents itself.
0: Nice. Nice. Okay. So we'll hold out hope for that still, but, uh, yeah, take me through provincials. Cause like you said, you didn't get to play as many events as maybe you would have liked this year cause you guys both had, you know, life to, and some other things to take care of. But, uh, what was the goal? Like, did you guys, you, were you talking podium you go in or there's just so many good teams you want to be playing like your style? Like what was kind of the lead in going into the, the last big tournament of the year?
1: Well, we had, um, Provincials was, was, was interesting, uh, pretty much, even at the Vancouver Open, we had like a super, super bad rank or a seeding. And it was the same thing kind of at provincial. Like we were the sixth seed going into provincials um, or the five seed actually. Um, but that's because I was very, very sick in, in, um, in April and May when we had a, a bunch of tournaments. So I couldn't actually play in them. And then I think one of the tournaments I missed due to national championships for indoor, one tournament it was large as wedding so we just were missing tournaments and heading into provincials we're training and we're feeling good we had a very good Vancouver open and and i think i think after we the way we played and the quality that we brought like in the sand at Vancouver open i think we kind of established ourselves as probably the best team in BC and so as soon as you know we 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 sat down and we chatted about how the van open went, how we played. And we're like, we keep playing like this. There's no reason why we don't win uh, provincial championships. And so I think we kind of kind of set that uh, standard right there in the van. And to be able to meet it and know that we were able to meet it, even though we kind of put the pressure on ourselves to actually win it, I think that makes it uh, even better for both of us. So, um, we were really happy and, you know, Lars was phenomenal all weekend. Um, he made some, some really big plays right when we needed it the most. And it was his, it was his first provincial championship. And, uh, luckily it was my second in a row. So really happy for him. And, and obviously for us as a team, I thought, I thought we deserved it and it was, it was good.
0: Now, clarify for for me and the listeners here, are you in tiers right away from Beach Provincials? Because I'm looking at the results and there's three tiers, which is just awesome to see so many adults who want to play volleyball on the provincial tour, which is great. I think three tiers is probably the biggest in Canada. I know in OVA we had two tiers here. And even my guy, Sam Elgar, who I would love to see with Volleyball Canada someday, like he's in tier two to kind of explain the level of depth there in BC right now. So uh, you mentioned your seed was a little low, but did you know you were playing for a tier one medal or you kind of got to earn it on the first day with the seeding?
1: So basically the way it works is we have competitions here divided in the two stars and the one stars. And so we were in the two star tournament, which is like the, the higher level. So there's 32 teams in the two star and the top 16 teams are power pooled. And then the bottom, bottom two teams, sorry, the bottom 16 are then in like the men's two star second tier. And so, The top teams from tier two get a crossover match with the bottom teams from tier one to try and get in. And so that's how the tiers are, those two tiers are decided. And then the third tier is a one star tournament. That's a one day tournament on just the Sunday. Um, And that's more like an amateur, uh, an amateur provincials. So that's how you see three tiers.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then, yeah, just take me through the draw. Like, who was your semi, and who did you face off against in the final?
1: Yeah. So um, the the quarterfinals was against Feist Nash, which uh, is definitely a very popular and well known team around kids. They play many, 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 many tournaments uh, together, and they're they're very good. Um, so we actually beat them in in three sets. Um, I don't quite remember the scores but it was a very windy, like both, both days at provincials were super windy. So, um, you had to be on your game to, to get the win. And then in the semifinals, we played against Matt Donovan and Johnny Wiscar, uh, Matt Donovan, obviously one of the best players at kids beach also played in on team Canada. Johnny Wiscar is the most winningest player in KBVA history. Um, we beat them 15-13 in the semifinals. It was a really, really good game. Matt and Johnny both played extremely well. And uh, we just made, essentially, we made one extra play uh, near the end of the game. And they, they, were, uh, they went through Logan and Curtis in the quarterfinals. I, I, they won in three sets. I'm not sure what the score was. And then in the finals, we beat uh, Dan Caverly and Mark Heal Simpson, um, also in three sets, I believe it was 15, 15, eight, um, in the third set. And that was, that was a pretty good game. Not, not too, too much win, but gosh, super hot, like 30, 30 something degrees. Um, but that was, that was a good game as well. So.
0: Nice, man. And then, like I mentioned in the intro, just to jump ahead to what you're doing with coaching, because I think uh, you guys over there at New Wave are doing such a great job. So well, we kind of hinted on it uh, in your first episode there, but just to catch our listeners up. So you got a friend of the show, Matt Kruger, who's a big motor learning guy, like a big guy in the coaching world, and you guys combine powers. So well, what is it that you feel is like your strength that you bring to the table? Because obviously... Matt has the, has the theory and the knowledge about how people learn, but man, you've got so much experience and passion for the game. So what makes it that you guys work so well together?
1: Yeah, well, the uh, Matt's so good when it comes to, you know, to to theory and, and, and like you said, motor learning, he's able to talk to me a lot about that as well. Um, and we're able to just, nerd out about volleyball and about philosophies and about how to teach skills and how to, you know, best implement these training formulas to get the most out of the kids. Um, And the fact that we were both just so focused on how the kids can get the most out of what we offer, I think that's a big reason why we're having so much uh, success. He, uh, He definitely does a lot of the indoor stuff as well. Where I do a lot of the beach stuff. He's been uh, traveling with the women's national team as the assistant coach for for um, Shannon. Um, but for me, you know, I, I have so much passion and so much love uh, for beach volleyball, and then also for you know working with the next generation of athletes and, and, and giving back to them and coaching them the way that I believe. I would have liked to to, to have been coached and teaching them things that I've only, you know, recently learned. I'm teaching them these things at an an early age. Um, And we've just got this really, really awesome group of kids that are 13s and 14s are always looking up to our like 17s and 18s. And they wanna be like them. And then like our 17s and 18s are always coming in, you know, 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early to our practices, and they're always cheering our younger kids on and, and whatnot. And so we've just got this really nice kind of family dynamic here at at New Wave. And I and I think it's gonna keep going for the next couple of years. So we're on to we're on to something, and, and it's just nice to to see youth beach
0: volleyball
1: really take off here in Vancouver because it's definitely been missing from this team for the last long time, I guess.
0: Yeah. So just take me through what age groups are you currently offering and just ballpark, how many kids you have. And then I'll give you and Kruger a lot of credit, obviously, but man, it's still like a fun coaching staff. It's guys who want to be there and they also have passion. So if you don't mind just shouting out the coaches as well.
1: Oh yeah, of course. So um, I said, I said earlier, Matt Donovan's uh, one of our one of our head coaches there as well. He's incredible with the kids and he's got so much experience in in volleyball. Um, Dan Everton and Luke Degrief were were some of our guest coaches that we've been using prior to them heading to to Canada games. Uh, Zach Johnson, also a great coach and very very detailed in the instructions that he gives. Um, Adam Thompson is, work, is working with us right now. He's uh, he's in Vancouver for, for the rest of the summer for Manitoba. Um, so he has a lot of experience. Uh, Sven Trudell has been with us in, in Vancouver for the entire summer. So, of course, we've got him on the New Wave coaching staff. Um, guest coaches, Jake Russell, or uh, Jake McNeil and Alex Russell. Gosh, you know, that's one of the nice things about about us here at new wave is we're able to attract these, these coaches through good connections and friendships. And we're just able to give back um, so much information to these kids. Um, So we're, we're very thankful um, for the, for the coaches because without them, we would not be able to, to be at the level that we're kind of getting at right now.
0: For sure. And you mentioned you have some 17s and 18s, but what's like the youngest athlete you have in the club right now?
1: Oh my goodness, the youngest athlete that we have um, in our summer program. So we have we have 13 and 14 you in the morning from 830 to 10 30. And then from 10 30 to 12 30, we've got um, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, And a lot of them are playing up. Like a lot of my 15s are playing in 16U. And then a bunch of the 16s are also at a a level high enough to be playing at a higher level. Uh, But the youngest player in our summer program is an absolute legend. His name is Tepe. He has recently moved to Canada from Japan. Uh, Him and his older brother, who are both new wave athletes, are just incredible Volley nerds um tepe is is uh he's the life of new wave i always say he's 11. he trains all most ball work and ball control drills i put him on the top court with the 18s because he is slinging nectar from the back back line when he's setting it doesn't matter where on the court he is he's yelling at his partner to get to the net he's dishing nectar from anywhere Jake loved him. Alex Alex Russell loved him. All the coaches love him. He is uh, he is he is something special. I think we're gonna play a Cliver together soon as an 11 year old and and uh, get him to be the youngest youngest player to play in a Cliver.
0: That's so good to hear. And you touched earlier on the culture and some of the stuff that I love on social media is, is like you said, it's not a big deal for the older guys to show up early and cheer on the guys. It's not a big deal for them to show up at a tournament and cheer on the coaches. And, and I thought the coolest thing was a lot of your athletes medaled at, at some pretty key uh, volleyball BC events, but you guys share the trophy and it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't like a participation thing, but it, you guys made it feel like everyone who's a part of the club contributed to those guys doing well, kind of that iron sharpens iron, right? So is that just something that you guys as coaches and the athletes have really bought into is like, hey, if, if my buddy over there does well, that means that we had a good practice and I helped him get there, right? Yeah,
1: that's exactly the mentality I'm trying to to instill in them. And the nice thing about our new wave athletes is a lot of, a lot of them are also playing. Um, we brought over a lot of our new wave, new wave athletes to our indoor uh, club that one of our other close friends, uh, Sean Sim, Has created It's called 604. Um, So that's where a lot of our athletes also know a lot of our coaches uh, because these same, you know, elite level coaches are coaching our indoor teams at 604. And, you know, I thought for me, it's, it's really nice to share the success of one beach volleyball team with our entire New Wave family, you know, whether it's my 14 years winning a gold medal in tier one, whether it's my 17 years winning a gold medal in, in, you know, in tier one, the 18s winning a silver medal in tier one, or me and Lars winning like that trophy. Like, yeah, of course, Lars and I won the trophy, but that's new age trophy. Like the reason I'm enjoying playing volleyball so much, and the reason Lars is enjoying playing volleyball so much, it's, You know our our athletes bring us so much joy and for me it's like we're coaching boys so if the boys don't think that we're good at volleyball well i don't know maybe they're not going to listen to us quite as much where i i want them to know that they're a part of any success that i have and i want them to know that any success that any new wave athlete has everybody's a, everybody's a part of it because without their participation, with their focus, with the intensity that they bring to every practice, those medals don't happen. So I I, I love the fact that they're all able to celebrate those, those victories um, because they are, they are all new wave victories. It's not just one team in particular.
0: Yeah, that's so cool to hear, man. So just to kind of dive down uh, the rabbit hole of coaching with you, like you mentioned, you want to coach athletes the way that you wish you had been coached or, or your passion coming through. Uh, I'm curious, have you got switched on to any of the motor learning stuff that Kruger's so passionate about? Like the way you're designing drills? Are you big into, you know, specificity and game like, and you want it to be random or like, what are some things that have got you switched on that you're like taking coaching as your career path here?
1: Yeah, well one 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 thing that we wanted to do is we we definitely want to we want to have as much like random situations in practice. So one thing that that I I changed immediately once once I started talking to 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 Matt was um balls being entered above like from across the net. I was big into like doing things half court and like tosses to work on my passing platform or my kids passing platform would come on the same side of the net as they're passing from. But immediately I learned that if the ball travels across the net, it is now, you know, simulating an actual serve because the serve never comes from your side of the net. So if we're trying to teach a passing platform, we have to try and simulate it with the ball coming from over the net as much as possible. And this also incorporates it, sorry, it allows for more randomness. To occur and if the person you know if my athlete is able to perform the same you know technical skill but in different situations that's how we know that they're actually able to learn um, and, and and adapt what we're teaching them instead like to, to, to do it our way instead of doing it their way if that makes sense
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I'll put you on the spot with one here because I think it is difficult when you're working with youth athletes. How have you found a way, because this is a skill you're very gifted in, transition setting, right? Because obviously you're working with youth athletes. You don't want to make it too artificial and you want to keep it random. But if you don't get a quality dig, you're not going to get the opportunity to get that rep in. So what's one way you've been able to build in those situations where, man, it's hard for youth to execute this, but we still want to keep it like open and moving and game-like versus, like you said, tossing from the same side of the net?
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Um, one, one drill that we have for transition setting, because it's, it's incredibly important, whether it's indoor volleyball, um, at the youth level or beach volleyball at the youth level. Um, so one, one drill that we do a lot is the boys are setting two balls in a row, essentially. So we'll have, we'll have a live live play where. It's like we're, we're, we're tossing in a free ball to a team and it's programmed for them to attack cross court. So we'll have like a line block and the cross court defender, the drill is you have to hit the ball hard at the cross court defender and the cross court defender is like kind of purposely digging that ball straight up rather than a controlled dig. And then we, we make the blocker, you know, get off the net and kind of set the ball in transition, but the randomness is sometimes the, the the attack isn't, you know, controlled enough. So we don't get a, we don't get an actual set. So what happens then is we have a coach or another athlete at the back of the court who tosses in like a, a, a mock dig. And then the athlete now sets that ball uh, and pretends like that, that toss from the back of the court was the dig that we got. And so that's how we're trying to get our kids to like, get off the neck, get around the ball, hips and shoulders forward, um, and be really aggressive with kind of our, our second contact.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put you on the spot with one more because there is so much coaching theory out there and you can really go down into the weeds of this. Is there anything that you've read that you're kind of like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And it, it just didn't work. Like, obviously it's not all gold and you can't apply it. Like, is there anything that you're kind of like, yeah, we tried it, but I'm just not a fan of this.
1: Yeah, so it's one thing that we, one thing that I tried teaching the boys is how to, how to bump set with spin in the wind. Okay. And for the life of me, I just can't seem to like explain to them why it's more efficient to bump set with wind, (laughs) to bump set with spin in the wind. And I also don't really know how to explain like the, the technique behind it, even though, you know, while we're watching, you know, I'm watching videos and, and other coaches explaining it and they just don't quite get it yet. And that's one thing where it's just like, I don't have the explanation other than, okay, boys, watch me do it. Watch what my arms do. It's like, my platform is breaking. I'm swinging my arms. I'm doing literally everything I've taught you not to do ever. <laughs> this is how you do it. And they just like, they can't do it. Not consistently anyways. So that's one, that's like one super random. Um, that one thing that, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled to teach them. And I guess I, I, I gave you that example. Cause we were talking about transition setting and um, at kids, it, it, it is pretty windy. Uh, which is good because in a situation where my kids aren't playing in wind, I would say they're, they're very talented.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's a funny one. Like if, yeah, if you can get a 15 or a 16 year old to go home and Google the uh, Magnus effect, and I'm sure some of our listeners are rolling their eyes at me right now, just to learn what spin does to an object moving in the wind and all that stuff. I'm sure you're worth your weight in gold, but uh, I'm sure the kids don't care about the sciencey stuff when they're out there trying to have fun and be physical with it. So <laughs> that's yeah, such a good know, example.
1: They don't care about much. When when we're in practice, they're just happy to be there with their friends and and to to be playing. And luckily, you know, luckily we've got a good crew who who uh, do actually manage to to stay focused for most of the two hour practice. So,
0: well, man, this has been awesome. It's so cool to see you still crushing it, getting results at Van Open and taking down provincials, but. Also to hear like just another passion of yours and working with young kids. And just, like I said, uh, if you're not following new wave on social media, you got to get a hold of it because these kids have so much fun and there's just cool stuff going on. So thanks for sharing all that you did and just a big fan of what you're up to.
1: Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Um, and all of our, all of our new wave athletes or most of the new wave athletes are, are getting after it in the indoor season as well. So hopefully we'll be able to. To conquer a national championship at some of the age groups with uh with 604 as well um there's a lot of a lot of hype behind it and a lot of talent in, in that club and again some phenomenal coaches as well um on that and so hopefully hopefully on the indoor scene we'll be able to cause some damage as well
0: for sure we'll have to get you back on and talk indoor when the time comes
1: yeah that'd be great i'm sure we'll be able to to work something out